everyone. This is episode 722. Is it 22? It isn't 22. Is it? No, that's not right. Holy shit, it is 22. All right. 722. It is episode 722 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May 29th, 2020. That's right. It's about the end of the month. We're almost halfway done with the year. Except we all have to go through all of June first. But anyway, I'm your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about Awesome P2, that is P-E-A-2, Atomic Crops, and Drake Hollow. I'm going to start off with a little Awesome P2, which is just a basic-ass platformer. I'll also be talking about some movies as well. But Awesome P2 is a very simple, old-school-esque platformer where you have, I think it's 24 levels in total, and there are a bunch of gems throughout the level that you are supposed to collect if you want to get all the achievements, but you can complete the levels without doing that. But you just go through these levels, collecting the gems, and if you die, you have to start from the very beginning. And, yeah, it's it's fine, but it's also very short and there's not much to any reason to replay levels so if you're looking for something that is very very bite-sized that I don't even know if I would call it a snack it's it's weird or difficult to try and give a word to games that last less than an hour because they're they're so in and out you go through them and you're done with them before you even know what happened that I don't know what to say about them. It's a, it's also kind of a market of easy achievement slash trophy games that Radalika Games is, is very well known for. But this is a, a sometimes you game, which is a publisher that is very hit or miss. But this is, this is a good game. Atomic P... Atomic P. I'm, I'm mixing up all the games. Awesome P2 is a good game with music I really, really enjoy. And part of the problem with the music, though, is that the music starts to get better. It seems on a lot of levels it gets better the longer it goes on. But if you complete the level on your first go, then you're not going to hear all the track. Because the track is however long it is. And it doesn't reset when you die. It just keeps going. That is, that is one thing that doesn't reset. And I got to a point on certain levels where I was having difficulty because I was going after all the gems and all that jazz. And then the music would get to another level. I'm like, damn, this is, this is good music. I'm enjoying this music. If I completed the level earlier, if I didn't fail, I would have missed out on this. And that's kind of a bummer and i i don't know if i want to say that's weird but it is kind of weird you'd think that they would make the tracks for levels last however long they expect it or like what the part time would be for a level and just have that loop instead of it being a longer track that keeps changing and you'll miss out on if you are good at the game um but yeah, it's it's fine. It's got kind of a, I guess, Game Boy aesthetic. 
and that it's all green and all that jazz, but I never had a Game Boy. I think that's what they look like. At least I remember them looking at that, but it looks good. There's also, it defaults to having a CRT filter on it, which not only puts this filter on the image itself, but then gives you this, like, um, what are they called? The screen of the screen effect of a tube screen. So it's got rounded edges and it's dark, uh, it has like a dark border and rounded edges, which was okay. But when I found out I could turn it off, I turned it off and I was fine that way. I, I, I didn't think that that filter really added anything to the experience, but, uh, that is awesome. P2. I played on Xbox one along with all these games and it's, it's okay. Then atomic crops was something I was really looking forward to. It looks really, really good. It is very reminiscent of Nidhogg two, very bright, colorful visuals that are kind of gross, but in a charming, delightful way. Uh, think of Ren and Stimpy in that. But if, you, if you've played Nidhogg 2, it looks very much like that. And it is a twin-stick shooter. Not completely over the top. You know, a little bit angled. But a twin-stick shooter where you plant crops and then you protect them after a few waves of enemies uh, enemies come after them. And it's it's a game I really, really wanted to like, but the loop of it did not grab me at all. The shooting feels okay. But I was, I swear I read somewhere, or when I was initially looking at it, that it was going to be more Stardew Valley with this twin stick wave base thing going on. But it's not that. The, the, the way it's set up is that you have this town where you can purchase new weapons or, or marry other people for like buffs and stuff like that. Or heal yourself, collect items and, and different types of crops that you can plant. And when you're done with that, you go to your farm. And during the day, you plant your crops, you water them and do all that jazz. And you can also go outside of your farm in either direction or any of the directions and enter the wilderness, essentially, that is full of enemies and also things that can help you with your farm, like rescuing animals that will help water crops or fertilize them and stuff like that. Or you might find seeds or other goodies there. Uh, but it is, you know, dangerous because there are a lot of enemies there and some tough ones and they could all get aggroed at once and just come at you in giant hordes. But then when night comes, three waves will come after your crops and you just have to defend your crops. But in my experience with the game, I've always managed to... Because I've only made it through one season, maybe two. And, and I was never motivated to keep playing and get any better at the game. And part of my lack of motivation led to me not really caring or trying super hard when things would happen. And maybe doing things that were just stupid for no particular reason. Because in my experience, every single time when I would plant my crops during the day and all that. And water them and blah, 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 blah. They would all grow to their 
full size before night even came. So I was able to harvest everything before the enemies started attacking. And during the day, you'll have very few enemies attacking, but they're not anything you really need to be all that concerned about. They're they're like little dittos or whatever. And they just pop up. They crawl under the ground and they pop up. And then they're like, hey, I'm going to shoot some bullets at you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You're not really doing any damage or anything, but you do you. But that just meant that when the waves happen and they're time-based as well, I could just ignore them if I wanted to and just keep going to... And, and sometimes I did do this. I would just keep staying in the, the outside parts of my farm to collect more goodies and that, that was weird it seemed weird that the plants would be harvested before night comes out I, I don't know i don't know if that's always the case or maybe there are certain plants that take longer time to fully grow or when planting trees they remain there forever and will you know drop fruit every single time you revisit your farm and those are things you have to protect because they just are there forever so maybe that is something because i did plant a i don't think it was a peach tree i think it was like an orange tree i planted some tree and that seemed like it would be there forever but you know it just it wasn't grabbing me the whole loop of going there because the the day-night cycle of you being on your farm probably lasts, I want to say 10 minutes, but I think that's being generous. I feel like it's more like six minutes, three minutes of daytime, maybe five minutes. And then nighttime is like 30 second waves and three waves. I don't know. It just goes by so quickly. And I feel like there's no real time to explore or do anything with my farm on a day. And then it's already night and I have to defend everything, but I've already harvested everything. So I'm just like, why am I even doing any of this? And mechanically, it's not super fun to play. It looks really good. Like I said at the top, it's a good looking game. I, I like the look of it a lot and I want to love it, but I don't, I don't see any appeal in it. You know, I, if you're looking for something that is, and it's a rogue like, which I didn't mention at the top. So you start a run, you gain new weapons and abilities, uh, or not so much abilities, but you can gain like a drone that will come and help you. I bought this drone for, I think, three roses instead of marrying someone, which I didn't realize you marry someone when you're like, hey, help me out. I want your buff that makes doing this better, or makes these crops uh, stronger or whatever. But I, I got a drone which was supposed to attack enemies as they got close. But it seemed like the vicinity in which the drone would start attacking enemies was like right up on top of them. It was the most useless, wasteful thing ever. Also, every time you go out to your farm, if you take damage, uh, that damage isn't healed when you return to town. I thought maybe they would just heal you. Like, you'd be magically healed because you're back at town. You can rest a bit. Maybe there'd be a well or whatever. No. The way you heal yourself is by spending roses at this dude. One for, I, I don't know, because I never used the roses on him. Because it just seemed like a waste. Because roses are, uh, at least in the early game, a pretty scarce commodity. 
And that's how you marry someone or get these drones or these, you know, better items. And I was like, am I really going to use this to heal myself? Is there no other way to heal myself other than using roses? I didn't like that. But, um, yeah. Will I ever return to it? I don't know. My time with it, the hour and a half or so I put into it, it was just pretty miserable. I just did not enjoy a single second of it. Other than the visuals, of course, which I've mentioned a few times. That is it. Didn't play well. Didn't like the loop. And I'm somebody who loves, like, roguelike as a genre, roguelikes and rogue lights are maybe my favorite genre. Like, I, I just love them. I love that loop conceptually. But, no. Atomic Crops just did not get its hooks in me at all. It did not plant its seed in me. I wanted its seed. I wanted its seed inside of me. Why couldn't it just put its seed inside of me and let it grow in my tummy? But it didn't do that. It didn't do that. It was like, hey, you want my seed? And I was like, no, I don't want your seed. And then it didn't give me it. Anywho, I also played Drake Hollow, the, the beta for it which is a game coming out, I think, in mid-July. I think July 16th. I'm not sure if that's the exact date. And I think I think it's only going to be coming out initially for Xbox One and PC, but I'm not entirely sure about that either. But it's from The Molasses Flood, which is the... I hope that's the right name. I know Molasses is in it. And Flood is is making me concerned because it's the studio that made The Flame and the Flood, which is... A game from, I don't know how many years ago at this point, but a game I really, really liked. It was one of my favorite games the year it came out. And I, I considered it to be a wonderful modern take on the Oregon Trail style of game where you were going down this river on a raft uh, as this young girl, I believe, with her dog. And he would just be scavenging for goods and whatever to help in making your way to the end and i really liked it it looked great and it played well and it was just a really really fun one of those games and this is similar in vain but a bit different there's co-op for one and the way it works is that there are these little plant-like creatures called drake in this world and they're buried in the ground. You pull them up by their heads, I guess, their little head leaf. And you think that would hurt them, but they are so happy when you do it. And they are these adorable little creatures who are just, they are the most wonderful little things. Because when you interact with them, so you have a little home base. And when you rescue or whatever, you pick a Drake, they go back to your home base. And the more you have, the more your base levels up and the more you can build and craft and all that jazz. But you also have to worry about your Drake's needs, the food, water, and their entertainment, because they can die of boredom. So you have to make things for them like yoga balls, these little dolls. You can get a pinball machine at one point, uh, but you'll have to have a treadmill to produce electricity for the pinball machine if you get a pinball machine. And... 
what I love is that when you're at your home base and you're interacting with the Drakes, uh, they are just so excited to be talking to you, to just be interacting with you. They have this big smile on their face. They bounce up and down. They have these big bright eyes. Like they are super adorable. Even when they evolve, like they're, I've evolved them to their adolescent stage. I think it, it is. Um, so I guess they're in their baby stage or whatever initially. So I've, I've seen those two stages and both they're still very, very cute. And when you get them, they will give you buffs. You can only have one buff at a time, but buffs like being able to heal yourself when outside of combat, when in the world, or protecting your home base a bit better because your base will be attacked by these evil creatures uh, that are all like black with red eyes and stuff like that. Oh, and some of them are like these giant walking black things with like a, a, a mouth in their stomach which are cool looking. They look menacing. But the whole crux of the game so far, it seems, uh, from my... The thing is, it's a beta, and I thought to myself, I'm going to play this for maybe a, an hour max, and then I'll just wait for the the main game, uh, the, the full game, if I like what I'm playing. And I was excited because I, I was a huge fan of The Flame and the Flood. And... I've ended up putting like four hours into the game at this point, and I kind of want to keep playing it because it, outside of a few little technical issues, it runs really well, and I am really liking it. It seems like such a great game to for a parent and child to play together because it's, it's very, it's very cute with the Drakes. It's easy to handle mechanically because the the so what the game is. You collect these drakes, you go around the world, finding more of them that automatically go home to your to your home base, and then you are going through the world scavenging for resources so that you can craft new items for your home base, you're collecting food to put in your cauldron so that they'll have food to eat, you can eventually build planters and um, wells for water, uh, planters for growing crops and stuff like that. And that's really all there is to it. So it's one of those types of games. I don't want to call it a survival game because it's not about your survival. It's about you protecting these drakes that you found. And every, I don't know, 25 or so minutes, 20, 25 or so minutes, your base will be attacked. Unless you have a buff on that makes that happen less frequently because one of my drakes i believe had a buff like that but i opted for the one that heals me outside of combat so you have to worry about that but you can create these fast travel points via these glow shards or something along those lines um so you have these glow shards you can craft these uh not warp beacons but like these maybe there are warp beacons they're like warp beacon things that allow you to grind along this glowing purple trail. And there, you're on this island, and there are a bunch of different islands, but these islands are surrounded by this purple mist that if you go in for too long, you will die. And so you craft these things that will let you traverse the mist, let you grind over them, like I was saying with those those things, those beacons. Um, 
stuff that will make you magically return back home uh, from wherever you are. And yeah, my my concern to some point, to some extent, is the long like the legs it has. One of my biggest problems that I've had with the game after playing it for a while is that I've run out of food. So when I'm going around collecting resources, I've collected all the food and it doesn't seem like it's really respawning or anything. And I had some crops, which I have planted, but I'm running out of those. And there is a little shop that you can go to, but after purchasing all of the crops, all the seeds from there uh, and returning them after that food all ran out, they only had a few seeds, one of each, one like cabbage seed and one carrot seed. And so my concern is how I'm going to be able to feed my drakes and not have them go hungry, which I don't, I don't want to have them go hungry because, you know, you go to them and you interact with them and they're super excited that you're interacting with them. They're still super excited about that. And they got this big bright smile. But then after they've done all that, that initial little animation, then they're like rubbing their tummy and they look all sad and that makes me feel horrible. I don't like that at all. Because these drakes are like, I, like to me, games that this is reminiscent of with things that like I want to protect and I love being around because they're just so sweet and cute are games like The Maw or A Boy and His Blob. Even though I didn't like playing A Boy and His Blob, that interaction between you and the blob was great. And the mall, I think was such a fun little game that I would have loved to have seen a sequel to. But the, the thing that Drake hollow gets really right is that the Drakes are cute and I want to protect them and I want to provide for them. I want to do whatever I can for them. And that's what you like. You don't really have to worry about yourself because there's, there's not much penalty for death. If you die, you can spirit run, to your body to collect it or respawn back at home base and lose. I don't know if it's 50% exactly or just some, like the weapon you were using will degrade to some point. But if you spare walk, then nothing happens. And what's also nice is when you collect your body to resurrect it somewhere, then you can choose, like you don't have to resurrect it in that exact spot. You can then collect the body and then move it somewhere else to resurrect it. But so far, it's pretty good, and it's pretty simple. I mean, you go around, you collect resources, and you fight the bad guys when they attack your home base or in the world. You destroy these red thorns that are, um, you know, like making an island toxic. And when you do that, you get a little reward. And I, I just I really like it. It's a fun little game that I'd like to play with some buddies in the future, and I'm excited about the full release. I, after playing this, am just officially a huge fan of the Molasses Flood. I just think they make really, really fun games of this ilk because it, it is similar to the uh, Flame in the Flood, but it is its own thing as well. And yeah. I just want to be with these drakes, but I am, I'm concerned about the food side of things. Uh, and yeah, it, like I said, it, it runs well, looks good. It's got a nice cartoony aesthetic to it. And 
Yeah. That's that's Drake Hollow, which uh, I'm quite looking forward to. So that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. I also watched some movies. I watched Zombieland Double Tap, which is really just a rehash of the first movie, only it's worse in pretty much every way. I don't think there was any real bit that I enjoyed outside of maybe when Luke Wilson and that dude from Silicon Valley and the Verizon or whatever commercials showed up and they were basically these doppelgangers of Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg's character. That was a little bit fun, but all the new characters, for the most part, they introduced are annoying. They had a hippie dude. I'm like, whatever, this is stupid. A ditzy blonde, which was incredibly annoying. Rosario Dawson is fine, but not particularly special. It just, it didn't grow upon uh, what the first movie did. It didn't do anything to grow upon it. It just did the same exact stuff. And it was like, why? Why are you just doing the same stuff? Can you, couldn't you think of anything new and different? But they couldn't. And it's dumb. And there's also a real dumb thing that was like the zombie kill of the year, or maybe it was the century. I don't know. But dude in Italy, leaning Tower Pisa, he had, he lures three zombies to some mannequins of a family, and then he gets like a jack, and he lifts up the tower just a little bit so that it leans enough so that it'll fall over and land on these three zombies. And my whole time I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's really the zombie kill of the century, of the year, whatever. No, that's fucking the biggest waste of the year, this century, of ever. That was some irresponsible killing. You have this giant tower that is so easy to just drop on a huge area, and you waste it on three zombies? Get out of here. I hope that guy fucking is dead. Anywho, that movie, not good. Then I saw The Invisible Man, which a lot of people loved. I did not like. I think there are a lot of good things in it. And conceptually, I really like it. And uh, and the idea of using the Invisible Man, the story of the Invisible Man, the character of the Invisible Man to tell a story of domestic abuse, domestic violence, and all that, because it's a terrifying thing. And especially early on, uh, it really portrays all that well. But when they start getting into more of the... Like not not so much slasher stuff, but when it starts to go into second gear and things start happening, it's like this is this isn't believable. Why why is everyone so stupid? Why like everything is just there to move the plot along? I'm like, okay, it doesn't. None of this makes sense, and I don't buy any of this. But fucking whatever. There's a point where so after leaving her abusive boyfriend, she stays with a good friend who is a cop and he has a daughter there. At one point, the daughter is like, hey, you know, because Elizabeth Moss's character is feeling really uh, uncomfortable because she, at that point, believes that her boyfriend is not dead like she was told and that he's invisible somehow. And... The daughter's trying to cheer up. It's like, hey, why don't I just tell my dad not to come home early or whatever? We'll just have a girls' night or whatever. I'll tell him to just go out and do something and we'll have a girls' night. And they have this nice little conversation. Like, yeah, that that should be nice. And when the daughter's getting up, 
She's slapped in the head to the ground. And the second she gets up, she's like, oh my God, why did you hit me? She thinks Elizabeth Moss did it. Even though Elizabeth Moss is not within reach to have slapped her like that. And I'm just like, are you fucking stupid? Like why? There's not even like a moment of her being stunned as like what just happened. She just immediately thinks, yup, yep, she fucking hit me. That's it. Dad, dad, come here. Come here, dad. And it's just like, okay. And then there's a point, which is really ridiculous, where Elizabeth Moth, Moss is eating dinner with her sister. And then there's a knife while they're talking, hovering right next to Elizabeth Moss's character. Nobody seems to notice that there's a knife just being held in air. No one's, no one's holding it. It's just in air being held by an invisible person, obviously. But then when that happens, the invisible man manages to slit the sister's throat super fast and then lift up Elizabeth Moss's hand, her, her like arm, and, and, and then put the knife in there rapidly. And I don't know if just feeling that sensation made Elizabeth Moss's character closer fingers and grasp the the knife or if he did that as well but it was just this these these very quick actions that happened so rapidly that i'm like so does this invisible suit also give him super speed like how the fuck did he manage that because it happened so quickly that it's just like that is fucking loot that is ludicrous no way in hell that shit is believable at all and they have moments like this sprinkle throughout that are just unbelievable that take away from any type of message or like I don't even feel like it's trying to tell a message so much as it's trying to portray what it feels like to be someone who has lived with abuse and what it's like after the fact when like you just feel like you always have to look over your shoulder like you're still never safe even if you do get out and I think it just failed to do that because it ended up throwing in all these unbelievable things that didn't need to be there. And like, why is this abusive boyfriend doing some of the things he's doing to mess with her? Like, I understand wanting to mess with her and torment her. Like, but some of the things he's choosing to do is just like, that's, I mean, you're doing that to make this into a horror movie, not to like actually be the abusive person you are why do you have to kill the sister so that she like i don't know I, I really wanted to like it but i ended up not liking it so that's that's me though i don't like anything right did i watch anything that i did like no i saw anna as well which is that uh i think luke besson movie that uh is about fucking whatever who gives a shit some I don't know if she's Russian or what her actual nationality was. I can't remember anymore. But she is a spy. And there's just a whole bunch of double crossing and twists. And after a certain point, it became very apparent that they were just going to throw in every twist. So that it it was never surprising or interesting. Because it's just like, okay, well, I know that this is not this. And that this is actually this. And like, okay. Well, that you know, you just did this, but I know that didn't actually happen because you've already made it very apparent that nothing uh, actually fucking happens. So, yeah, 
hasn't been good for movie watching for the most part that I can think of. But I have actually watched movies because I opted to just stop listening to certain podcasts that I'm not that into that I've just been listening to watching to have something to watch at points or just have something in the background. I'm like, I don't need to do that. I can have movies I love in the background and not give them my full attention, especially movies I've already seen before. So that has been a good choice. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. I should have a new Indie Games Roundup video out soon. I think I'm going to stop scripting those and just kind of talk freely about the, th- the games I talk about in episodes of that. And then Deep Rock Galactic has finally left Early Access on the Xbox. I think it left Early Access on PC a week or two ago, but it was updated today and no longer has the preview tag on it. So I... I'm excited to finally give that a proper go because I picked it up a while ago because I tried the the trial and really liked what I played. And I've just been waiting for it to hit 1.0 to give it a proper go. And that could be an Attack the Backlog future game and something I could maybe play with my dad. But I think some of the... I'm sure my dad would understand shoot the bugs or whatever they were. But in terms of mining and doing stuff like that, I don't think my I, I need to look at the classes again to see what they are so that I can find one that would suit his play style, which would just be bug killer. Um, but uh, yeah, that is hit. Anywho, once again, I am your host, Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and On Amazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. And Attack the Backlog and On Amazingly Baka are available on YouTube, though On Amazingly Baka is just audio with no video, so don't get excited for that. But Attack the Backlog is full video. Love making that show. The latest episode came out this past Sunday for Streets of Rage 4. Had fun doing that. There's a cameo by The Rock. And by cameo, I I mean he actually provided me with some exclusive video for it. Or I just went to YouTube and got a clip of him saying something that was relevant to my script. (laughs) It was really dumb. Really dumb. But uh, I had fun putting that together and had fun just playing that series. I've, I've finished Streets of Rage 4 now four or five times including once with my father which was really fun and he swore like a fucking sailor holy crap he just swore 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 i think his most favorite thing to say during the whole time was son of a bitch he probably said son of a bitch like between 30 and 50 times i know that's a wide range there's a there's a lot of numbers in between 30 and 50 but i can't remember exactly how many times he said it but he was just saying son of a bitch all the time and it was fun and funny and I enjoyed it. Streets of Rage 4 is probably currently my favorite game of the year. So there's that. I I really really loved it. You know, the, the music could be better but and the bosses are definitely a a weak component. But so much of the game is so much fun and like I said in that Attack the Backlog episode, I can't say enough about how big of a difference the invisible walls make 
so that enemies can't just run off screen themselves or you can't hit them off screen. Like the fact that they're always able to be attacked, they can't get away from you and then you just have to wait for them to return on screen is so huge. But uh, back to the plugs and ending this show. If you haven't already, go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. Check out some of the videos there, including like Attack the Backlog and stuff like that. But um, yeah, subscribe, like some videos, hit that bell, all that jazz. And also, in addition to all that, I make art. And if you'd like to check it out, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you are both staying safe and healthy and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend. Bye!